0: Welcome to the More Exemplary Podcast, a study in joyful living. I'm your host, Nick Bogner, a marriage and family therapist practicing in Pasadena, California. In this podcast, I'm talking to some of my favorite professionals, both inside and outside the world of therapy, to learn how they cultivate happiness by accessing their own joy and enriching the lives of others. Thanks for coming along for the ride. I'm so glad you're with us. Marissa Esquivel is a thriving therapist in Claremont, California, and the host of the Codepend Dummy podcast. Marissa shares with me the harrowing tale of starting a business right at the beginning of the pandemic, and how she helped herself overcome the attendance, setbacks, and fear so that she can help others. I hope you enjoy. There she is. Good early afternoon, Marissa. How are you doing?
1: I'm well. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. I am uh, sweaty and red-faced. I have just come from a workout. And so while sweaty and red-faced isn't always something that comes from a workout for me, sometimes it's just my natural state today. That's, that's what that is. Not because I'm overly flustered for our conversation. But it's great to have you. Welcome to the More Exemplary. And More Exemplary is an exploration of how we can make ourselves and our communities better by doing the things that we do. And the topic you're on to discuss today is entrepreneurship. Start by telling people who you are and what you do in brief.
1: I am Marissa Escobel. I am not like a regular therapist. I'm a cool therapist. I'm also a cool podcaster. Uh, the past 10 days, I am the hostess-mostess of the Codepend podcast. Mm-hmm. And I am on a one-woman mission to empower young women to stop playing small, and start taking up space. And yeah, Marissa,
0: can I poke you a little bit here? Hope when you say, I'm not like a regular therapist, I'm a cool therapist. I think Amy Poehler wasn't the hero in that story, right?
1: No, she was like,
0: not. <laughs> wasn't, it kind of, wasn't it kind of like, I'm a give alcohol to minors kind of a mom?
1: Yeah, but she wasn't like a cool mom. <laughs> uh, she was but also cool, very cool.
0: If you're a teenager, that's the coolest mom there is. I get it.
1: I have gotten multiple clients who read my profile and I put that quote and they came in and they were like, Hey, um, yeah, I liked what you said. And oh my God, that mean girl's quote. Like that was hilarious. I was like, right?
0: Isn't it a testament to how great that movie was that, I mean, what was that? 15, 17 years ago that that came out and it's still endures in that way? Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, terrific. So on the, on the topic of entrepreneurship, how does one lead a more exemplary life through entrepreneurship?
1: Yes. So. My father retired in 2019. Mm -hmm. My mom retired in 2018. Mm -hmm. And for the entirety of their careers, they worked for other people. Okay. My dad modeled a lot of hard work and sacrifice. So he worked in the emergency room and he worked nights so you could get more money.
0: That's hard work.
1: Right. Yeah. And so I watched that and him growing up, and I figured, oh, well, that's that's what I'm gonna have to do. I'm going to get licensed. He's a therapist,
2: right?
1: And slog away forty hours a week, helping clients, improving family relationships, empowering young women. Right? I could do it there, mm-hmm. but mind you, sacrificing sleep and vacations, et cetera mm-hmm. for work. All right. I was like, okay, thanks, Dad. And <laughs> then my mom, she's a school nurse. There's some perks to that. She had a summer, all the holidays and like a yeah. shorter work schedule. But two, one thing I really saw growing up is just I heard a lot at the dinner table about their colleagues and their bosses and the red tape and protocol and the oh my yeah it just it was the topic of discussion right. and now it's so interesting because i have an older sister who's a professor years, right living the dream of yep. Good academia day. i have a, a twin sister who works internationally for a company but when we all sit down to talk there's a lot of oh my colleagues oh my boss oh the demands right and it wasn't until I started my own practice last March of 2020, I had no one and nothing to complain about, mm-hmm. except myself.
0: Sure. Which is <laughs> off, off, usually great, occasionally a little tough when you're the only person that you have to complain about. Right?
1: Yes. and. I didn't know I was an entrepreneur when I started my practice. I didn't know that therapists were entrepreneurs, but yeah, I they didn't don't know, but in school. no, they don't. But anyone with this type of license, right? Attorneys, hairstylists, like if you have a trade or a practice, like, Something's hello, you're a right? small business owner. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: And it, it's been so nice to break out of that mold. Mm-hmm. And I sense that I'm living a more exemplary life because I sense my parents modeled a lot of tolerance. Mm-hmm. This is how you deal with right. the system as opposed survivorship.
0: to survivorship. survivorship. They modeled survivorship. Like this yes. is how you how you put your nose down and you get through it.
1: Yes. Yeah. And now I've I've discovered entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Where I'm looking up at myself and around and opportunities. And I did hear very early on that owning your own business is the best personal development seminar you can ever attend. And mm-hmm. I have met myself these past 11 months. Yeah. The entitlement, the codependency, the fear, and then doing it anyway. Mm-hmm.
0: I always admire, like, I mean, I feel like it's almost like therapists have to call themselves on their codependency, although most people don't. And you and I are going to talk about that a lot because that's a, a major portion of what you talk about in the podcast. Um, but also, I find it's exceedingly rare that therapists are willing to call themselves out on their entitlement. So I love that. Tell me more about it if you're willing.
1: So while being raised codependent, I sense my parents needed to be needed and I was very needy.
2: Yeah. Like puzzle pieces,
1: right? Yes. And so when the going got tough, there was financial support. I mean even academic support when I was like, I don't know what to write for this paper. I'd be like, Wow. Well, and they provide the, you know, support and editing. I just I I did. I was I you know, I just got a lot of help. Yeah. And so here I am starting my own practice and there were rodents in the building and I had to draw some boundaries and really assert the fact that I can't have sessions with.
0: Oh, you're not speaking a metaphor. You're talking about literal rodents that.
1: I'm yes. Here. Got it. Yeah. And I was like, I can't have my clients breaking down. And then we hear like, <laughs> oh. I was like, oh. <laughs> sure. And at the same time, Nick, you should have seen like, even the entitlement, like A, he should have told me that these were here. And B, like, can someone else talk to my landlord? I don't want. It. Like <laughs> right, I don't yeah. want it. And like yeah. he should have yeah, just just really putting it all on him because I don't want to assert any boundaries. Sure. And yeah, the past eleven months I've been told to network to pay money for courses to redo different profiles on different directories. Mm-hmm. So I can get my message out more and I, I want it to be easy. I want a line of clients just out the door
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I don't, I don't want to do all the hard work and sacrifice. Like mom, dad, can you edit the paper for me? Can you give me money? <laughs> like sure. that that entitlement, Just to it being easy. I want it to be easy. It shouldn't be this hard.
0: Right. Been there (laughs) for sure. Yeah. Yes. Well, it brings, it sounds like it brings into sharper focus on some level what your parents were working so hard for. You know what I mean? Like the reason for putting their noses down was to provide that. And now you're ready to do something different. You know what I mean? You're ready to be sort of set free from that, you know, sort of the next logical step. Right. Mm
1: -hmm. Just there's a balance between. Yeah. Watching my parents, what they provided and what I'm endeavoring to do. And also recognizing, I think they worked really hard for me to not struggle. And now I'm like, I want to struggle. I don't, right. part of me doesn't. Yeah. I don't want to struggle at all. If I could just retire at 32. sure. But then, yeah, like the the past year, like putting myself out there, getting the podcast up, building the practice, doing all those things I didn't want to. Right. It's been very fulfilling and rewarding overall.
0: Well, and if you've ever met somebody who's retired at 32, that's often a a pretty miserable person. It's almost like a life without struggle is really almost not worth living. You really need just a better struggle. You know what I mean? Like, I'm so psyched that you don't have to be in the emergency room in the middle of the night. And I have so much respect. Your dad for putting in his time there because that's I mean I'm trying to think of something that would be harder to do and although I'm psyched also that he got out before COVID. Oh yeah, yeah, killer timing. Okay, so let's talk about codependency a little bit here because I know that's a big part. You have a podcast on the topic. It's also a passion of mine. Tell me about the ways um, that you've sort of been examining this in yourself and in the world around you as a result of your your 11 months in entrepreneurship.
1: Yes, so. I I tend to have these rules where I will be uncomfortable, so you will be comfortable. Mm. I will feel bad, so you won't feel bad. Because, you, you know, heaven forbid that you feel bad.
0: Right. Would, would that be the worst thing ever for your life if I felt bad?
1: It would. It would, given, you know, what I've been taught. So the past 11 months related to my codependency, I sense that I, the first few months, I was extremely fearful of failing, not because I would fail, but what would other people think? Right, I could have failed and it would have been extremely understandable given that my practice started two weeks before a global pandemic shut us down very understandable but yeah. i was envisioning telling my parents my family friends my former coworkers. right i took this big leap and i fell flat on my ass mm. i was so like their their pity their disappointment that's that's what was really keeping me up at night when I was anxious about building my practice and getting things out there. What will people think when I fail? Right. And so that's a really heavy burden to carry. Yeah. And
2: especially not on your own behalf. Right.
1: Right. And bringing awareness to that, those first few months talking about it in therapy, regressing, I, over eight, a lot. I've lost forty pounds. I've been forty pounds heavier in my yes. life because I cope with food. I I coped with food. Hey, if coping with food is
0: a crime, lock me up.
1: <laughs> so you know, those first couple of months, just rows and rows of sandwich cookies. Sure. And like picking up my cute, like old regressive behaviors. Sure. And. Becoming more like, oh, okay, we're sixteen again apparently after, <laughs> after eight PM, and bringing awareness to that, going to therapy, and slowly, you know, just being more intentional, right? right. Okay, Marissa. Like my therapist, he said, "I'm a longtime meditator. I've been meditating since I started therapy twelve years ago, at least mm-hmm. once a day." Right. But my therapist said, Marissa you need to meditate two times a day.
2: (laughs) Heavy duty stuff.
1: Yeah. So meditating more journaling, getting supportive people in my life around me, virtually more Mm -hmm. having compassion for those old behaviors coming back. Right. And just right. Like bringing back that autonomy and like, I can't let, imagine disappointment from others dictate my behavior
0: right well and if they're and if they're disappointed in something that really only affects you then what's their boundary problem right you know like if you're if you're struggling in business which we all do at some point or another or else we're not risking enough then you know really what is their fucking problem if they're if they're preoccupied with your you know success and failure right right yeah. Well, so you really got a crash course starting. You know, I always forget that that was the case with you. And I'm always like sort of horrified again when I remember that you started your business right, right at the beginning of the pandemic. That's really a trial by fire in terms of having to deal with that fear. Um, and I'm impressed that you, you know, were able to get shit back on track because that was that's hard to do. I had an experience like that, too. You know, I took a big no at the beginning of the pandemic and there was a, you know, a couple of months there just like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Um, I'm supposed to be here for other people, and I myself am, you know, really struggling. And that, you know, sometimes that affects your confidence.
1: It does. It totally does.
0: So, how are you helping people these days? How are you making the community? How are you making the world around you better?
1: Well, in October, all that I don't want to effort I put out paid off. Yeah. And my practice filled up with. These beautiful, amazing souls that make up my caseload. I love and adore all my clients. Mm -hmm. So I'm helping them every week. I attended a virtual therapy conference in September and I won a podcast launch course. I was like, oh, apparently I'm supposed to start a podcast. How about that? And doing the exercises, I had no idea what I wanted to podcast about, but right. Seeing as what my caseload is made up of, what I've been through with my own codependency, I'm like, yeah, hmm. I think I was running, and I thought, codependency, we're such dummies.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'll, I'll have a podcast dedicated to codependency recovery mm-hmm. from and just finding this like balance between independence, interdependence, like, what is that, right? Such a foreign concept.
2: Sure.
1: Yeah. So the podcast, my practice, I post on social media every day. I'm a millennial. At first I took a a course to market my practice and they said, be very detached from social media. Only post on social media three times a day. We've never seen people fill out their practices via social media. And I was Mm -hmm. like, "Um, excuse me, you guys are all Gen Xers.
2: Right. Like, you yeah. need
1: to get with these millennials. And so I took their suggestions and over time reflected. And I, I concluded, no, I want right. to post every day. I have themes. And that I sense too. I hear from followers through their DMs about my writing prompt Wednesday or my thirsty ho Thursday. Mm-hmm. We're taking back the word thirsty. Mm-hmm. So social media podcast practice and i sense the podcast will as you and i are experiencing right now it will be able to impact people in different ways so possibly creating a community yeah. a course etc
0: well so what would you tell to people who are you know this is a anytime is a scary time to start a business but what would you tell people that want to stick their toe in the pool of having some kind of business or entrepreneurship to represent themselves and um, take care of themselves and hopefully make the world around them a little better. What, what words of advice would you give to them?
1: I remember on March 13th, I drove home. That was just before the shutdown. I think LA shut down around the 17th or 18th. But, so it's okay. Friday, the 13th. Mm-hmm. I drove home and I had someone in my, I had a new client that day and he had a cold. he was like, like in my office. <laughs> Please <laughs> Cause we didn't know, Nick. We didn't know how people got it back. Yeah. Oh, I hear you. So I drove home and declared to my husband, "I'm going virtual." Right. Just so anxiety-ridden, sitting. I, you know, that poor client. I heard him, but I was distracted. Sure. And on Saturday, I woke up and in my journal, I wrote, "Cause I do believe in a higher power." So I wrote to my higher power and I said, "I am scared." Hmm. I was so scared mm-hmm. and i wrote out all my fears and for the person who wants to step into it the past 11 months have shattered any negative limiting beliefs i had mm. just just if all my limiting beliefs were on this desk the past 11 months just <laughs> swiped it all and it's all on the floor and they're just broken and you know maybe like you know, little fires, like going up, like all my negative limiting beliefs and limitations about the economy and what can happen. Worst case scenario, a pandemic. Yeah. Just totally debunked. And so I would tell them, get a good therapist, mm-hmm. get a good support system, mm-hmm. journal, meditate, you got to get your self-care on point and you can weather whatever and- storm.
0: Yeah. And also stop. I mean, and I've been victim to this belief myself. Stop believing that the entire economy needs to come together for your business to survive. You know what I mean? Like people get so fatalistic about, about the state of the world. And it's like, you know, really, you just need to serve like a handful of people. And if you serve a handful of people, then you have a business and that's the whole thing. Like, you know, empires can rise and fall and you can still be fine doing your work. Yes. Yeah. Well, so heaven forbid, let's say that we had all this to do over again. And I know that you mentioned how painful it was to, you know, to start and be in that place of fear and to have all those regressive behaviors and stuff. What would you do to avoid having to go that far down into the cave? I know, like, one of the things that I've learned from this is how I'm, how I'm going to help myself in advance the next time I can feel myself starting to go into like a, a despair spiral or whatever. Um, what would you do? What would you tell people?
1: To avoid going so far down, so I am reflecting. I remember one day I came, I, I'm I have a very strict morning routine. So I work out and do all this self reflection. <laughs> yeah, and I remember I got ready, you know, did my makeup, posted on social media, and I was sitting here at this desk, and I I was like, write that entitlement, like or depression or both. But I was like, I don't want to fucking do this, and I went back to bed. Like, full makeup, fully dressed, like... And I probably put on... I put on a lot of reminiscent... I probably watched Mean Girls. <laughs> it was, like, Mean Girls, Pretty Woman, mm, Girls Trip, Trainwreck. It's, I just watched a lot hold of... Hold on, like your Girls Trip the
0: one where they go to Napa?
1: Yeah. Or it might be the one with Tiffany Haddish. I think it was that. That's oh, I watched yes. a lot of... Wine Country. You're talking about Wine Country.
0: Wine Country. Jesus, Wine Country made me laugh so fucking hard. Anyway, go
1: so to not get so like that was a low like i just i was like i don't even want to fucking do this i don't want to pretend i just pretended i was so out of alignment with what my cheery social media post that day was right to avoid getting that low what would i recommend to myself it's it's developed over this past year so it's hard to say i wouldn't i would do it differently but One area I've grown a lot in is my Mm self-trust. Like I am the net and no matter what happens, I will catch myself. And Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't necessarily, I think that's part of the reason why I was so scared is because I have succeeded in multiple areas Mm -hmm. and I have also failed in others. Yeah, And I was paying attention to the evidence for failure.
0: Right. And ignoring all the wonderful stuff to the contrary.
1: Yeah. So well, paying attention.
0: Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I'm so glad that you made it. and I'm so glad that you, you know, I mean, that was a hell of a trial by fire, but you nailed it. So congratulations. And we're about out of time here. But I know that people that are watching and listening to this are going to want to get more of you and they're going to want to hear more of what you have to say. So how can people find you after they uh, after they get done with this dialogue?
1: At on Instagram, I'm like whatever profile name is in this. Library. Sure, yeah. Codependemy.com. I also have my therapy practice page at Therapy with Marissa.
2: Okay.
1: I am on TikTok. Holy Twitter,
0: shit. All of them.
1: YouTube, Clubhouse,
0: prankster
1: I am on MySpace.
0: The community bulletin board at the library.
1: <laughs> my <MySpace> or tumblr <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just I just started a clubhouse, and then the podcast, the Code of Pandemic Podcast. Mm-hmm. You can find it in the mental health area, or type it into Apple, Spotify, Amazon.
0: Sure, wherever find podcast. Google
1: podcasts. podcasts. Yeah,
0: all the biggest. Well, Marissa, thanks so much for making time um, to share your uh, your experience and your wisdom with us today. I really appreciate it.
1: Yes, thank you. And your podcast episode on my podcast will be airing, I believe, in March.
0: Goddamn right. Yeah. March.
1: Goddamn right.
0: (laughs) All right, Marissa. Take care. Thank you. Okay.
1: Thank you, Nick. That's
0: it for this week's episode of more exemplary. Marissa is one of the hardest working people I know. And if you like her vigor and zeal as much as I do, then be sure to check out the Codepend dummy podcast and soak up even more of her wisdom. I'll see you next week. That's it for this episode of the More Exemplary podcast. If you'd like to have a question answered on the More Exemplary podcast, please send an email to moreexemplary at gmail.com. If you're interested in transforming your life, whether it's romantically, professionally, historically, or any other way through psychotherapy, please visit me at www.nickbognertherapy.com. If you love this podcast, please tell all your friends about it. And if you don't have any friends, then please tell some strangers about it in a not creepy way. Subscribing and leaving positive reviews helps me to be able to make more episodes of this podcast. And if you're still listening at this point, then I suspect you've fallen asleep with your earbuds in. Sleep well, and I can't wait to join you for the next episode of the More Exemplary Podcast.